Has it ever occurred to you just how incredible grapes are? Now think about it. That little box of raisins your mother packed in your lunch bag was the only fruit that qualified as a dessert. And consider this. When we hear juicy gossip, we say we heard it through the grapevine. We didn't hear it through the apple tree or the berry bush. Grapes are so darn special that the grocery store expects us to snitch a few to ensure quality control. Try doing that with a banana or a pineapple. Admit it, every encounter you've ever had with grapes has been positive. That's why we created Grape Encounters, a place for adults to hang out and focus on the paramount achievement of grapedom. Delicious, irresistible wine. Wine brings people together. It starts conversations. It makes us happy. In fact, wherever there are grapes, there's gorgeous scenery, very cool people, and plenty of laughter. All that being said, let's bring out your guide for this journey. The Wizard of Wine, the Gangster of Grape, David Wilson. You know, it's really hard for me to be the bluebird of happiness today because there's just so many things that are on my mind. I know there are so many things that are on your mind. And I know sometimes when I am overly enthusiastic and Mr. Happy that sometimes people will say, how can you be so happy when there's so many terrible things going on? And I got to say that if you're thinking that, it's probably right. But also, I think that part of my job is to offer a diversion because we can't be bummed out all the time. There's a guy who has been on my show many times. He is one of my dearest friends. He is somebody I love and admire so much. And not just me, but people who are like way more important than I am. Trust him to help them with wine stuff. He's a real expert. He deals with some of the biggest names in the world as an advisor. He's a teacher. He's a wine judge. He's a great dad, a great husband, a great friend. He is the sommelier to the stars. There, that was Mr. Happy right there. The sommelier <laughs> to the stars. He is Christopher Sawyer, and he's on with me right now. And buddy, you know what? I have been terribly bummed all week, yeah. and I'm looking at your smiling face, yeah. and I feel happy again. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I always love being on your show. It's always such a fun conversation that we have. And I love our conversation today about the greatness of wine and how it can overpower some things that really bring us down sometimes, you know, and there's a lot of things right now. Uh, we all know about the Ukraine and uh, what a terrible situation that is. That's why I chose to wear a little bit of the gold and the, the blue right now. And, you and are. Look at that. that. Can't really see it that well, but that's a huge mustard field behind me. So I wanted to do it outside just to, to show my solidarity to those people, you know, who are suffering right now. And, uh, you know, I'm drinking fine wine and just talking to you. Sometimes you just need this kind of a conversation. You know, I think everyone yeah. out there could agree with that. We found out the hard way over the past few years how important wine can be when you really don't get to hang around people and then you finally do again. And sharing a bottle of wine can be a big deal. It's a big bridge between yeah. friends and sometimes friends that you didn't even know you had. So it's an interesting time right now. Yeah, and in my case, it's friends, Romans, countrymen. <laughs> Send yeah. me, yeah, lend me your beer. No, lend me your wine. Uh, do, can you yeah. see my glass, Chris? This is- um, I can, 
This is. I a, got mine here this, too. This, Cheers. This is a Cherisolo. It's a wine that I don't think most Americans are familiar with. It is a rosé, although the Italians don't like to call it a rosé. They kind of like to call it a red. It is absolutely yeah. delicious, and I like to drink it at room temperature. And you can definitely find it in the U.S. There's quite a bit of it that makes it there, but I think when people see the name, first of all, it's hard to pronounce, and they just go, I don't know what that is. I'm going to get some rosé instead. I have convinced yeah. some of the winemakers here to just call it blush. I like blush, you know? And anyway... Blush is okay. I mean, come on. blush is a term that was coined in, in California. It's not really very Italian. Yeah, I was actually coined at Mill Creek Winery here in Sonoma County, where I'm at. Really? It was coined a long time ago, and to be really honest, when you had a blush, it was usually sweet, quite sweet, and that's not what it is today. No, uh, those days no, have no. changed a lot. Yep. It's amazing yeah. how the difference, it, what a big difference it's made today. Yeah, definitely a big difference. I really like the rosés that I'm drinking here, but really just in general, I'm in the Abruzzo region, and I know you guys have heard this before, but I am dead east of Rome, and the wines here are wines that we don't drink a lot of in the U.S., although they're definitely there, and they're also definitely not very expensive, and frankly, I think the Italians are missing the boat because the Montepulciano d'Abruzzo is just a fab wine. I mean, fab. Am I dating myself by saying fab? I think I am, right? No, I think fab is still in vogue. Yeah, baby! <laughs> okay, so they make a lot of it here. And I will say this, you probably want to just make sure that you're getting boutique Montepulciano d'Abruzzo because there are some people that make just scads of it. And it's not quite... I think as good as the boutique wines. Although the larger production wineries are making some pretty darn good wine. I mean, really, really good stuff. You know, I wanted to share, Christopher, a little bit about life here, not from the perspective of once again talking about Italy, but I came here for lessons of life. That's yeah. the only way that I can describe it. I really felt like my life was getting in a rut, that something was missing. And oddly enough, I came here and everything is missing. And now I feel complete. And let me explain that. You know, yeah. I was talking to somebody today about the fact that when you go into a grocery store, a ginormous grocery store in America, especially in California, there's probably 80 different mustards. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I really have learned just in a month, I don't need 80 mustards. I need like no. one would be fine. I don't need to have row upon row upon row of products that are largely the same and, you know, there's something about packaged products, too, that really drives me nuts. And it's that most of it just tastes terrible. And I always wonder, like, who made the decision and said, oh, this is lovely. Let's put it in the bottle and sell it at Vaughn's or Albertson's or or what is it? Piggly Wiggly, that's it. Piggly yeah, Wiggly. Yeah, Piggly Wiggly. Right. And most of it just doesn't taste very good. And the funny thing is I go to this little Italian grocery store. It's real super tiny, but they have groceries all the way to the ceiling. The place has got more stuff stuffed in there and it couldn't be more than about 500 square feet. Literally, yeah, you know, about the size of a small nail salon, right? And nice. yet everything in there is just totally delicious. The name is actually bigger than the store is. It's called Dear Adolfi Salumeria. 
Machelaria on Piazza Ducci d'Aquaviva. Anyway, it's run by Gabriel, and he is the nicest guy. I just can't say enough about him and his friend who helps there. And funny thing is, every time I check out, like if it's 47 euros and 20 cents, they're not going to take the 20 cents. Okay. Yeah. They go, no, that's, they, that's pretty cool. Yeah. They don't do that. And then the other thing they're going to do is they're going to drop something in my bag free, like a loaf of bread or some dessert or something, you know, like that doesn't happen where we come from. No, not in America. Not really. Maybe some very small towns that had a tradition like that, that the grandparents handed down to them, you know, being kind to others. It's hard. You know, it's a strange culture that we've developed, you know, people trying to win. It's too competitive, gaining ground on each other. It's a hard bar. Bargain. You know, it's the appreciation of people that you know very dearly and realize that those things are a big deal. Like when you do get the bond with them again, especially after not seeing them for quite a while. And, you know, I got to say for Italian wines, I got the chance to go to. Oh, you um, got the book there. Trey Vicieri. This is the new volume, the 2022 awards that were just handed out this year to the top 25,000 wines of Italy. Um, so, no, no, wait, wait, there. wait. Top 25,000 wines. Yes, there's over 2,600 producers and 25,417 wines that are documented in this book. I just went to the um, amazing showing in San Francisco um, last week, which was, or actually a week and a half ago, which was the first time that Trey Bicchieri, which is done by Gambara Rosso, which is the organization in Italy, is the first time I saw those wonderful people from Italy since uh, basically just before the pandemic. And it was a very big thing when the pandemic hit. If everyone yeah. remembers in America, what happened there? February is always a very, very busy time of the yeah. year in San Francisco, the Bay Area, just in general, because the Italians are here. You know what? They come over. They're part of Trebicchieri, this amazing tasting. They just did it down in L.A. as well. But it was just we didn't have them here. And, and remember everyone out there that follows what the, the chronology of, of the whole pandemic hit, it was really Italy that got hit first. And oh, we yeah. were like going, oh my God, these poor people, there are people that are part of this organization that we're showing off. You, their, have, no their idea. you have no idea the stories that I've heard, but we do have to take a, a break, Christopher. But what I want to do when we come back, you know, I applaud some of the way things are done in Europe, but I'm going to talk about, we're going to talk about where we do get it right in the U.S. And I think you're going to find this observation pretty interesting hopefully encouraging hopefully it'll be something that you do this weekend i'm gonna implore you to do it when we come back with great encounters and my super special guest one of my really favorite buddies is christopher sawyer the sommelier to the stars and someday i'm gonna be a star and he's gonna advise me on one but not today <laughs> You're listening to Grape Encounters with David Wilson. We offer something for everyone. Unfortunately, we're not allowed to offer free wine. That's what your friends are for. The only thing that Mendocino County winemaker Greg Graziano can't tell you about wine is how many different choices he makes. It's somewhere between dozens and cowabunga. Artisans like Greg don't count, they create. Did Da Vinci or Michelangelo take inventory? Let's just say that Italians like Greg can easily get carried away, especially when it comes to food and wine. Great wine is in Greg's DNA. 
His immigrant grandparents started making Mendocino wines in the early 20s, and despite being the head honcho of the much-beloved Graziano family of wines, Greg is just a humble, lovable guy. When you play in the dirt all day, you can't help but be down to earth. Ask your wine cellar for Graziano Wines, or just visit GrazianoFamilyOfWines.com. They've got five different brands. Why? Well, because Italians tend to have big families. Life is just more fun with a Graziano at your table. At MM Organics, we're surrounded by health nuts. That's because we're obsessed with lowering blood pressure, cholesterol, and the risk of cancer. We want to make weight loss easier and help you strengthen everything from your heart to your teeth, nails, and hair. Full disclosure, those health nuts are actually dry-farmed heirloom certified organic raw walnuts. Rich with essential vitamins and nutrients, they're vastly superior to other nuts. Imagine, walnuts can actually lower stress and boost your brain power. No wonder MM Organics customers are so darn smart. MMOrganics.com is where you'll find our uniquely irresistible raw walnuts, walnut butter, oil and flour, sprouted flavored walnuts, and decadent fair trade chocolate covered walnuts, which pair beautifully with our legendary two horse port style wine. MMOrganics.com, eating any other nuts is just plain nuts. tell you something. I had a really positive epiphany when it comes to the division that we're experiencing, not just in the U.S., but really around the world. You know, we are at each other's throats all the time, and there's so much hostility in some places. Of course, what's going on in the Ukraine, it sickens my stomach. I don't even like to talk about it, no. but... I have Christopher Sawyer on. Nobody brightens my day more than him. He's an amazing, amazing sommelier. Also a restaurant guy, Christopher. Yep. And you suffered a lot of hurt through the pandemic. Can you take just a minute well, to explain what happened? Well, I think hurt is a strange comment because I look back at the pandemic when it was its hardest point there in 2020. But I think that our restaurant suffered, but we also really adapted to helping people get out of their houses by doing a lot of takeout, providing them with opportunities yeah. to buy wine at a retail price, which you don't get from a restaurant. And we did just because of that. And yeah. so we were giving people all sorts of options. We, we bought a new pizza oven just to make pizzas for people to pick up and take home so they could get out of their houses and get someone else to make the food for them for once. We even bought little buckets for buckets of chicken. And we made amazing chicken on those days. Each Wednesday, people would line up and buy our buckets of chicken. So we made it happen. And once pandemic restrictions were lightened a little bit, we had 37 tables outside. So we were able to really seat people, which is amazing. And this is in Sebastopol, Sonoma County. So we really got a great opportunity to give people an opportunity to get out of their houses and not be so shut off from society. I and mean, I think that's really what happened. I mean, going back to some of the things we were just talking about, too, I mean, just sharing great bottles of wine. Sometimes I'd be on a show with you and I'd just be sitting there and we'd be drinking it, even though we're not next to each other. We're drinking fine wines together and it's helping us talk. And I think this is an experience just like I, that. I just poured some of my wine into my keyboard so I could get it over to you. You should be seeing it coming yeah. through your phone or keyboard okay, or good, good, whatever good. it I'm, is I'm over there. Yeah. Well, I wanted <laughs> to express something that I think is a hopeful thought and it's this. 
Almost everybody that I know has maybe lost friends or separated from family members because of a deep divide of philosophies where politics is concerned, society is concerned, and so on. We seemingly all have lost people who are close to us because we just couldn't resolve things. But... Yeah. This is an interesting thing, Chris. I cannot remember one instance, not one instance, where in a wine situation, anybody gave a flying fart about my politics, my religion, my heritage, anything. It, nobody asks that. If I'm pouring good wine, nobody says, are you a Democrat or a Republican or a this or that? We just drink the wine together and it really does bring people together. And I don't know if this is his phrase or whether somebody else actually originated this, but Mike Gergich, the very famous Mike Gergich, who won the Judgment of Paris for Chateau Montalena in 1976. Yep. He looked at me with very warm eyes and said, David, you must always drink wine, not water. He's Croatian, by the way, and that's my best Croatian accent. Because water separates continents, but wine brings people together. Absolutely. You know, that's so spot on. It's a good argument, by the way, if you're not getting along with somebody, go buy a really good bottle. (laughs) That's funny you would say that because I I don't know if I told you this, but I just did a cruise for Gergich Hills Winery. Did you? Where I went to Miami on behalf of Mike Gergich, and I was just there in January doing a cruise taking that on the boat with me on the amazing Celebrity Cruise Line, filling in for one of their staff members. And they called me up right away and they said, Chris, we can't send the staff member. We really want you to do it. And I did that. So we were there in the Bahamas. We were there at St. Kitts, St. Thomas. And I was talking about wine with wonderful people on the boat who are from Croatia, from Romania, from the Ukraine, from Spain, from all over the world. And so Mike is not kidding around. I mean, we were on a mobile vessel that was all about wine, to be really honest. Well, I used to lead the cruises that CBS Radio did out of Los Angeles, and I did several of those, and it was really a lot of fun. It was listeners who were into food and wine, and they would pay for the cruise, and I was their host, and it was really a lot of fun. And in those days, I was on this popular news station in Los Angeles, but they have since become a foreign language station, and I'm sorry to say that I don't speak foreign languages. And that is really killing me here in Italy. Yeah. By the way, I'm taking six hours of Italian every single week. Six, wow. six hours. And do not wow. ask me to say anything in Italian because I'm going to come out of the Italian closet at some point, but I'm so not yeah. ready yet. But what I do do is like if I'm in a restaurant or something, I have a little translator thing yeah. on my phone and I'll very quietly whisper into it and say, could I please have a menu and a window seat? And then I'll look at it and then I'll memorize it and then I'll say it to them. The problem is they answer me in Italian. I have no idea. What this yeah, is. you have no idea. <laughs> no, no idea. But anyway, no, I think in these times, if you're feeling disconnected from people, go get a decent bottle of wine and go knock on their door. Chris, come out. I know you're in there, man. Got a bottle of wine for you, Chris. And then that's it, right? 
and sit down and have a glass of wine and everything will be much better. I wanted to ask you, Chris, I do not know a lot about the wines of the Ukraine, but I do want to say this. I've had wines from the Baltic nations and Eastern Europe, and there are just amazing wines being made in in Ukraine, in Georgia, in Moldova. And by the way, I just am praying for Moldova right now because they are right in the line of fire. And this country, Moldova, I've mentioned this on the show before. They have more underground wine caves than any place in the world. By the way, Vladimir Putin's wine is in one of those caves. But there's something on the order of about 500 miles of underground interconnected wine caves. We never get to taste these wines, Chris. Do you have any idea where somebody could get Ukrainian wines to celebrate the Ukrainians and also at the same time support their business? Um, right off the top of my head, I can't think of a place, but you know that there's going to be an importer somewhere. I mean, I remember when I was in love with Swiss wines. The problem with Swiss wines is the Swiss drink it all. But there was an importer in Wisconsin who was actually bringing in some amazing ones. I found him. So it's really a matter of tracking these people down. I think that Georgia is another one that's a very good country. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, getting, yeah. Getting their wines into the United States has been probably a little bit better of a story. But there is the possibilities. You usually find the import companies. They can be variable. Um, it kind of depends on where the biggest concentration of the Ukrainians are in the United States. I mean, uh, I have yeah. a friend that's, you know, Albanian and there's like certain people like that. You just go to these certain areas and you can buy a bunch of I gotta, You, you got to try some of these wines. I was in Turkey about three weeks ago and the Turkish wines are just awesome. Awesome yeah. wines. So there's great wines coming out of that area. I've got to take a break here, but I will just say this, that I did check wine.com. They definitely have the wines. I did check Total Wine and More. They had, it appeared some, but they also had a lot, a lot, a lot of Ukrainian vodka. All right, we're going to be back with Christopher Sawyer and more Grape Encounters Radio. We are in our Abruzzo. Italy studio here, which has kind of a little bit of an echo. We got to solve this, but we're going to be moving into a new location shortly. I got to tell you about that when we return with the sommelier to the stars. You have a halo around your head, Christopher. Your halo is awesome. Anyway, we'll be back right after this. Smoke from increasing wildfires is tainting wine grapes, and vineyard executives are looking for new ways to adapt. Pure Fresh Wines O3 technology helps vineyards overcome the problems caused by wildfire smoke by treating grapes pre-crush to improve fermentation and overall wine quality, as well as removing smoke taint. For the typical winery, saving a full harvest of grapes with Pure Fresh Wine costs only 10 cents per bottle. O3 technology has been approved by the FDA and USDA. It leaves no residue and uses no chemicals. It provides many benefits to wineries, including the removal of sulfur, pesticides, and fungicides pre-crush, the reduction of bad bacteria and mold issues, an improvement in roundness and fruit-forward palate notes, and so much more. Most importantly, it safely and naturally breaks down smoke taint molecules to save grapes from damage. Rescue your harvest from smoke taint. Visit purefreshwine.com today. Christopher Sawyer, 
Sommelier to the stars is here. Well, he's not here. I see his picture <laughs> flashing those pearly whites, and you are in Sonoma County. Are you in Petaluma right now? I am in Petaluma. You've been here. You've been to my house. You know, uh, we, it, we did that barbecue that night. One of the best times I've had in my entire life was sitting out in this, like, I think it's, is it an 1800s farmhouse? It goes way back yeah, there, it's right? Yeah, 1880s when this was built out here. A little bit in the country. We're right between Sonoma and Marin counties. It takes me about 23 minutes from here to get to the Golden Gate Bridge, yeah. get into San Francisco. So, you know, we're in a very interesting rural area, but we're not in a rural area. <laughs> you know, we, I know that, we're in the right of the middle of it. Right, the, the freeway is really close by, but when you're sitting at your house, you have no idea where you are. You just seem like you're far, far away from anywhere, which of course that was at one point in time. Uh, Christopher, I was talking a little bit ago about the fact that some retailers, not just some, I almost think it probably is most retailers are just not going to sell things like Russian vodka. And that's a big deal. I mean, because we're talking about a lot, a lot of product. And it's amazing that American companies and companies throughout the world are doing that because it hurts them more than it hurts Russia. It's a symbolic gesture, but I'm very proud to know that our companies are doing that. It's really super cool. But I was going to reflect back, and I don't remember what year it was, but I'm going to say it had to be about 15 years ago. There was this big brouhaha that was going on between the Brits and the French. And I cannot remember what it was about. All I know is is that I was on an assignment and I had to fly to England, London, to film Sir Richard Branson, which by the oh, way, wow. yeah. Yep. I've actually I've, I've been with him before too. Have so. you really? He, isn't he like the cool, yeah, he's he, like the uh, coolest He actually guy. wrote the forward to a book that I was part of, a wine book really? that I was a part of for Wine X magazine. Richard Branson wrote the forward to it. Does he still have the virgin wine label by the way or is Absolutely. that going he does um, he I, does I, yeah and he i mean he obviously owns the airline and he's got gosh what was it something new that he had i mean there's a big ship or i don't know he yeah you know i i follow him he's he's a cool guy i you know? I, I spent the i spent the entire day at his house in london which i thought was really super cool because here this guy is at the time he was maybe the number one billionaire and i walked into his house i thought i was gonna have to go through you know metal detectors and all kinds of stuff but no, we walk right up to the front door. It's a jar. Housekeeper opens the door. We come in. There's dirty tennis shoes and things on a towel sitting on the floor. He's walking up and down the hallway trying to buy a railroad. Anyway, but but I, I have the distinction of having had Richard Branson pour me uh, champagne. That was pretty cool. Yeah. But the reason I'm bringing up the That's story, the reason I'm bringing up the story is because when we left, there was this whole thing going on between Britain and France, and some of the British wine merchants were dumping French champagne, uh, French yes. wines, I should say, and champagne. But they were also just selling it for like ten cents on the euro, right? Yeah. And I was able to buy these wonderful things like Chateau Lafitte, you know, that would have been 500 even even $1,000 for like yeah. $100, $150. And I brought home wow. as much wine as they would allow me to take on the airplane. <laughs> so. Nice. 
Yeah, it's interesting how those things work. And, you know, I, I, want, I want to say one thing. It does bring up a really big point for me. Okay. Um, and I want to wish him happy birthday. And that is Mikhail Gorbachev. Today is Mikhail Gorbachev's birthday that when we're recording this right now. And I got to meet Mikhail Gorbachev and I actually had an amazing experience with him. He was a, a man that really had a big heart and helped liberate a lot of the people yeah. in Russia and make their culture a little bit more part of the world. And I that's why, you know, when Putin has come in here and what we're doing in this battles that we're in right now, and this war that we're in, I mean, a lot of people out there have no idea about World War II because they weren't alive then. You know, most of my friends were definitely not there, you know, World War II. When I was born, it was, you know, Vietnam was still in it. It still existed, but I wasn't there, you know, and so we talk about these little yeah. battles between, you know, Britain and France, and that could have been about a lot of issues. This is a very hardcore one that we're facing right now, and it's, uh, you know, if Mikhail Gorbachev was in, in power, <laughs> this would not be happening. Uh, no, so no, it wouldn't. You have to think about Russia in a different way, you know. I actually tried to hire him. I used to produce some really big events, and I tried to hire him to speak at an event, and I thought it was humorous that the event was was, well, how do I put this? The event was an event about success and promotion. And it was a very capitalistic sort of topic. And he was charging for his fee a quarter of a million dollars for an hour. And, you know, <laughs> so much, yeah. so I guess he learned all about capitalism at some, some point there. But anyway, yeah. I don't want to... My, my favorite story about... If you don't mind, I'll tell you a really quick story here. When I was with him, he, it was a fundraiser. I had gone to the winery, which was at the time, it was Moon Mountain Winery, which is the old Carmenet, owned by Shalone. And I was there serving his table. And he kept asking me wine questions. And I, as a small aid of the stars, I have to answer him. I amazing man. And everyone, the the all the fundraiser people left in two vans. And it was just him and me. Really? And the security guards. Wow. And the security guards. One of the security guards came upstairs and said, they have whiskey. And all the security guards ran downstairs to drink whiskey. And it was just Mikhail and me. And it was just like the most amazing experience of my life. And people say, what's wow. your best experience in the wine industry? It was drinking Cabernet Franc with Mikhail Gorbachev and explaining to him the beauties of Cabernet Franc to a man that won a Nobel Peace Prize. I mean, he's just an amazing man, but he has a big heart. You know, a lot of the things he was doing, and I helped him raise some, not investors, but wine people that would help with the events that he was doing wow. uh, for charities. Wow. And, but they're charities. They're helping other people. This situation right now with Russia is not helping other people. It's creating chaos in the world. And that's why tasting this wine right now, it's a, it's helpful right now. Believe me. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm sorry. I'm going to make a joke here. But it is kind of humorous, and that is that Mikhail Gorbachev was quite famous for the fact that he had what is called a wine stain as a birthmark, exactly. <laughs> you know, right on yeah. his on his forehead, and it was something that you know you couldn't miss. So that was kind of interesting. And by the way, if any of you are Putin supporters and sympathizers, and you happen to be friends on Facebook, would you kindly unfriend me? <laughs> and I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to. You, you're entitled to your opinion, but I don't want you in my world. Okay. Anyway. Just thought I'd say that. Is that okay to uh, express? Well, I don't know if you saw a, a really good thing. I think you know this about me and my my love for music. But yesterday, D. Schneider came out and he said that we're not going to take it. Is it can we? He'll allow the Ukrainians to use. We're not going to take it as an anthem song. And I love that 
good for D Schneider and Twisted Sister. You know, awesome. you gotta you gotta get some power. Um, you gotta do what you can to help them, and that's why I'm wearing the colors right now, just to support them. So I gotta tell you really quickly about Sunday night because I had just about the best time I could ever remember Sunday night here in this little town of Autry, which is only eleven thousand people out in the middle of nowhere, Italy, and they have this performing arts center that only seats about 300 people, right? And this place goes back to the 1800s. It's not as old as most of the buildings here, some of which go back a thousand years plus. But anyway, they had a show that they did, and it was a tribute to Queen and Freddie Mercury. And (laughs) so in this beautiful, ornate theater, get this, audience of less than 300 people, orchestra of 43 people, plus a band, plus opera singers, plus lead singer, plus conductor. There were close to 60 people performing to 300 people. And I sat there and I went, you know, this is called having your head screwed on correctly because it doesn't matter. You don't need a um, Staples Arena of 17,000 people to justify having 60 people on stage. It's just the music that's important, the performance that's important. But the most beautiful moment was because everybody was so shook up here. I mean, I'm in Europe and Europe is a lot closer to what's going on. And people are very torn up here because almost everybody here knows people or has family in the Ukraine. And then this wonderful performance jumps into the most stirring rendition of We Are the Champions. And if you want to do something that'll make you feel good, play that, play that piece of music from Queen or anybody for that matter. And then picture in your head all of these victorious photographs of what these amazing people in Ukraine have been able to accomplish against a massive army that is second only to America. It was really a touching moment for me. Chris can hang on for just a moment. We're going to come right back to a little bit more, right? How much wine do you have left in your glass? I can't see your glass. You've moved it off screen. And I think for a okay, you've got some. Okay, great. I'm good. All right. Okay. You know, I've only had like about a glass and a half. So All right. I'm, I'm good. Yes. All right. Christopher Sawyer, Somalari, Somalari to the stars. You know what? I'm going to give everybody that can spell Somalia a buck. Okay. No, I'm not. All right. Watch out. All right. We'll be back. All right. Uh, we're coming to you from Sonoma and from the Abruzzo region in Italy. And we'll be back with more Grave Encounters right after this. At every family gathering, my brother Steve and I each bring several bottles of wines and try to one-up each other. I bring wines from all over. Steve only brings wines from California's Mendocino wine country, where he's lived for decades. And even though there are hundreds of great wineries there he can choose from, he mostly brings wines from the Graziano family of wines. Now you'd think you'd see a lot of duplicates from past gatherings since most producers only make 6 to 12 wines, but Graziano has 5 brands that make literally dozens, upwards of 30 mostly Italian varietals, and all rock stars. Made by the real rock star, Greg Graziano. 
You can hear my recent interview with Greg at GrapeEncounters.com, and you can find Graziano wines all over America or buy them online at GrazianoFamilyOfWines.com. I've never confessed how much I love Graziano wines to my brother, and uh, let's keep it that way. with the sommelier to the stars, Christopher Sawyer. Christopher, I got a question for you. Do you know Francis Ford Coppola? I do. You know, I live here in Sonoma County. He has this amazing winery, Coppola, which was recently sold, but sold to another family. Godfather anniversary is right now, and a lot of people don't realize that he bought Inglenook Winery in the middle of the 70s. I mean, the man loves wine, so of course I know Francis Ford Coppola. So here's the thing. He has had a project that's been sitting on the table that he's wanted to do for decades and it's called Megalopolis. Okay, do you know about yep. this film? And, yes. and everybody tells him he's absolutely crazy to make this film because it's like one of the most expensive movies that'll ever be made. Million, yeah. Exactly. You million. know, oh, you know this story, right? Oh, it's all over the newspaper. Are you kidding me? I mean, <laughs> it is insanity, but if anyone could do it, he could do it. So he says, I, I was loving this. And what's it got to do with wine? Here's what it has to do with wine. People are kind of criticizing him and going, you're absolutely crazy, Francis, for spending that much money. So his answer is... We own these wine properties. We don't owe anything on them. We can just take the money from our wineries as a family and we could make this film and it's like not even going to be a pinprick. Those aren't his words. I yep. made that part up. But that's exactly what he was saying. He was saying, you know what? We've made so much money. Who yep. cares? He's a very passionate man. I will say one thing. Last year, we just had Premier Napa here with the big bidders coming in and everything. But last year, because of the pandemic restrictions and everything they couldn't do it in february but they didn't do the napa valley wine auction in june so premier napa was very smart and took the slot that the regular napa valley wine auction would be done and i got to do it for rutherford and one of the things was i had five winemakers around me and one of them was the winemaker from inglenook and we chose to do the pairing and i did all movie pairings with each one of the wines okay and the one that we did was actually cotton club of all of his movies we did cotton Club as the pairing with this wine that we were tasting. It was on the auction block. And the thing is that Francis Ford Coppola went back and he was very kind of pissed about that movie and how it got edited out because it was really about the black families. It wasn't about Richard Gere. And he went back in and he redid that movie. Wow. He brought the part yeah. in that he really felt very strongly about. And Gregory Hines and, and the brothers were like the focus now. And so that's passion about a movie when you go back and you redo it. So if you pull 120 million dollars out of your wine estates to make this mega movie Megalopolis, okay? Does that mean the wine is going to suddenly get a little bit more expensive? The fact is, it might be kind of paraphrased there because he did sell Coppola brand. So he got a lot of money for that. Okay, that's true, but they still have Inglenook, right? Yeah, they still have Inglenook. It's not going to probably come out of that, but he has other properties. And, you know, it was very interesting. I was over in Switzerland. At, this is funny. You would bring up Queen in this last segment because I was over there in Montreux and I was at the casino in Montreux. Queen owned that casino at one point. Oh, and it's that where, right? Yeah. You know, Deep Purple, the song, uh, you know, Smoke on the Water was when it burned down originally, that 
casino was when they were recording it and they looked across and it's burning down. But I was there with the sommelier at the restaurant in the top part of it after I went through the Queen Museum there, which was fantastic. If you guys get to Montreux, you have to go to the casino, not to gamble necessarily, but to go see the Queen studio there. But I was there and guess what he had on his wine list of all of the European wines? He had some Coppola. And right? I, I shared some Coppola wow, with him and wow. I, I was very excited. That's how big of a world figure Francis Ford Coppola is. Okay, so I need you to do me a favor. Would you mind, Chris? Yep. Okay, just repeat after me. Hey, Francis, if you're listening, please, as soon as you can, call David Wilson so you can be on his show. Okay, go ahead. Okay, Francis, if you're listening, please call David Wilson, if you can, just to be on his show. Thank you. That's really cool. Thank you. Okay, we have just a couple of minutes left. Another serious topic I want to talk about, because since about 90% of the domestically produced wine consumed in America comes from California. we got to talk about a pretty major tragedy that is unfolding. And I feel like a broken record because I say this every year. Drought, 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 drought. And for some reason, it's just miraculous that every year the winemakers in California with less and less and less water continue to make better and better and better wine. And even the levels of production are pretty impressive considering the fact that we're now in the worst drought in the last 1,200 years, I think it is now. It's so crazy. It is so bad. The most beautiful lakes in this beautiful state are practically dry. Rivers are dried up. But I really feel like a broken record in some respects. I'm a native Californian, and I don't know if we're going to dodge this bullet this year. Well, I want to settle you down a little bit. I believe in global I can't be settled down. I'm sorry. (laughs) I know you (laughs) can't. I love this. Here's the thing. I also remember 1976 and 77. This was a drought that was way bigger than it is today. We Mm -hmm. have some rain coming. I think it's tonight that we're going to get some showers here in Northern California. I'm not saying that's going to solve. Dude, you are covered in suntan lotion right now. What are you talking about? Rain tonight. There is rain coming. You're slathered in copper tone and you're wearing a one-piece bathing suit. Come on. Okay. All right. (laughs) Yeah, right. Okay. Back to reality. You brought up a really interesting topic. You said one thing there that's a very positive. Winemakers have been able to adapt to this. We have no choices. They have no choices. Their skills are all there. Remember, there was a time before the mid-60s when irrigation hoses were not available. These things survived on Mother Nature or there was nothing. And so the minimal use of water is more important than ever. Plant the grapes in the right places plant the right varieties there and see what we can do. I think we've done a great job doing that. I mean, you look back at some crazy things. So look at the 2017 fires that killed 33 people and cost billions of dollars. But the fact was that year, we also had the largest amount of rain in California history. That was only a few years ago. Okay. So these things come in cycles. All right. Just going to say this. There was some old show. There were these banditos that said this line, badges, we don't need no stinking badges. Stinking badges. And the winemakers in California are going, drip lines? We don't need no stinking drip lines. You know, we can do this kind of stuff. Technology has helped us in many ways. Clones have helped us. Rootstocks have helped us. We've got a lot of stuff going on here in California. We have great wines. We will continue to make great wines. Uh, Mother Nature will be on our side sometimes, and she will not be on our side sometimes. No, I think she's, I think honestly, she's, I think she's really ticked off right yeah, I just really think she is. Yeah. Christopher Sawyer, it is SawyerSom.com. SawyerSom.com and the show, the varietal show that comes out every week 
Okay. Uh, please watch that show as all well. All right. In case you can't remember the website, I'm going to ingrain this in your head with the following. Soyesum.com. There. How's that? Love it. It's pretty good, <laughs> baby. All right. That's going to do it for Grape Encounters today from Abruzzo. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm in Italy, man. I'm here. I'm sticking around here for a long while, but uh, we're covering the world as you can see. We're going to give the entire planet equal time. It's just that I'm going to eat more pasta. That's the only difference. <laughs> okay. We'll see you back here next week, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. 15 years and we love you. Bye. Are you following Grape Encounters on social media yet? You're not? Well, you should be. It's the best way to hear the latest, juiciest, unfiltered wine stories. It's also the single best way to keep our unpretentious, decidedly different wine conversations going strong. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Grape Encounters. For tons of content on Facebook, you'll want to join our Grape Encounters radio group page. Or if LinkedIn is more your thing, connect with me by typing Grape Encounters Radio or Grape Encounters David in the search bar. Here's the deal. The more you click, the more I'll pour.